Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perik Chav Beis, Pasuk Chav Tes, by Yal Melech Yisrael B'Yehoshaphat. And we are, Baruch Hashem, at the finish line, as it were, almost, of Malachim Aleph. And we saw yesterday that despite the advice of 400 Nevi'e Sheker, or because of the advice of 400 Nevi'e Sheker, who tell him in the decision should we retake Ramot Gilad from the king of Aram, they tell him, you can't miss. It's going to be yours. The Kaddish Baruch Hu is giving it to you on a silver platter. One Navi MS, Michayahu, says it's going to be one casualty war for Israel, and it's you, Acha. You are the only one that's not going to come back. So notwithstanding that, we see now that this odd couple of Achav and Yehoshaphat, Melech Yehuda, now set out. Bayal Melech Yisrael, Yehoshaphat, Melech Yehuda, Ramot Gilad. They set out with their combined armies to Ramot Gilad. The odd couple, because Yehoshaphat, Melech Yehuda, is universally acclaimed, and history judged him as one of the greatest kings of Yehuda on the level almost with David HaMelech. He is righteous, he is just, he um, removes the Avodah Zorah, he reigns magnanimously, he is loyal both to his people and to his God. On the other hand, Achab is the icon, the paradigm of evil, venal, mendacity, etc. One of the four kings that the Gemara tells us will not get Olam Haba. He can't. And so the two of them combine probably because of a combination that they are now related. As we said yesterday, Ahab and Yehoshaphat are brothers-in-law, and they are also mechutanim, that Ahab's daughter married Yehoshaphat's son. And so whatever the, the ties, they agree to go together to reclaim Ramot Gilad. Bayomer Melech Yisrael el Yehoshaphat, Pasuk Lamed, and he tells Yehoshaphat, Hishapesh uvabah milchama, very strange advice. Hishapesh uvabah milchama, I am going to disguise myself, that makes sense. But you, Yehoshaphat, wear your royal robes, your kingly regalia. And Ahab disguises himself. He disguises himself, of course, because as we've been told, he is target one of Hadad Melech Aram. They want just him. But why would Yehoshaphat wear his kingly regalia, why would he even agree to him? Because that would make him a target. You capture a king and he'd be easily identifiable as a king. It's a great prize for whatever the warring nation is. And he does it. And now the king of Aram, Ben Hadad, instructs his men and the leaders of the chariot, sorry, Harechev, he's got 32 individual chariots, and he says this following, Lo tilachmu es katan ve es gado. 
Ki imes melech Yisrael levado. Ignore whether they are weak or they are mighty. Just get the king of Israel himself. That's the only one I want. It sounds odd, but Radak puts it that what he really means, of course, is Losiyein kamelech levado. Yes, get King Acha first and foremost. Until he is killed. And after that, you will take on the rest of the war. So we start again. He is prime target number one. In fact, he is the only target. So now by However, now the Tsar of the Rechev sees Yehoshaphat. And the Hamon Ru Achmelech Yisrael, who he's a king of Yisrael, that they mistake him for Achav at first. By Yisurai lovely Lachem, they divert now to take him on. By Yizak Yehoshaphat, Yehoshaphat is encircled and he cries out. And as Rashi puts it in one word, like Kadosh Baruch Hu, he cries out to the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Yehoshaphat is confident. This shows his emuna in the prophecy that they're not going to be after him, that they're not going to be after Malchus Yehuda, and so that therefore he has a muna. He will go out wearing his kingly regalia, as it were. So now by he, Kiros, Sorei HaRechev, and the chariots, that he's not the king of Israel, they see by his, some of Farshim say, by his crying out in the name of the Kaddish Baruch, who they know right away he couldn't be Achav, um, but they see they're close enough to see that he's not Achav. By Yeshua and true to their orders, they turn around and leave him alone. Now, Lamedale, the Ishmashach Becheshes Lutumo, an archer, a bow and arrow expert in the army of Yavesh Gilad, Ben-Hadad, fires an arrow, fires it, let's say haphazardly. He's not aiming at a particular target, but in the general direction of the army of B'nai Israel. Vayake Esmelech Yisrael, Ben Hadvakim Uben Hashriyam. He fires it, and wouldn't you know, it hits Achav, but of course, Achav is heavily armed, but it pierces the slits, the tiny slits in his armor. Pierces to Achav, and as we get Achav, we're going to see he is mortally wounded. By Achav, seeing what has happened, tells his chariot driver, Hafoch, make a U turn. To retreat, Yadecha, get me off the battlefield. I am sick, he says. He doesn't say I've been shot, I've been wounded, I'm dying. He says, I am sick, because he does not want to spoil the morale of the rest of his troops, that he is fleeing the battlefield or that he's dying. And what he does. And the war goes on. What Achav does is stand in his chariot, profusely bleeding. 
leaning up so he can stand, so that the people, his soldiers, will see him and not be totally discouraged, in fact, to be encouraged. By Yomos Be'eret, he dies at night, finally. By Yitzhak Dom Hamakla El-Chei And the blood that had flown out of him all day while he's so bravely standing fills the floor of the chariot. Um, and there is joy in the camp as the sun sets. Because now B'nai Yisrael, as according to the prophecy, each goes back to his home and to his tent, etc. And the Mephorshim gather from this that they won. They won the battle against Hadad at um, Ramot Gilad. And, of course, we can't really believe that not a single person offered. There had to be certain minimal casualties, say the Mephorshim. And anyway, they are returning triumphant. By Yomos HaMelech, by Yavot Shamron, Achav dies and he's taken to Shomron. By Yikbaru Es HaMelech B'Shomron. And he is buried in Shomron. And again, this testifies to the tremendous conflict of soul that Achav had and was. He is given the full burial, full honors, full burial, full honors of a, a king of Israel, as it should be. By Yishtof Es HaRechev Avrech HaShomron. However, remember there's that prophecy that the dogs will lick your blood like they have licked the blood of Novos. So the Rechev comes to the pool at Shomron. By Oliku HaKlavim, it is cleaned out and spills out to the ground. And the dogs lick up the blood. The Hazonos, this is a curious interposition. Zonos, in its normal sense, means prostitutes. Rachatsu Kitbar Hashem bathe in the blood of Achav Hashem Bear. It could be a final humiliation. Some of the say, interestingly, that Izebel, in her desire to stir up the evil, libidinous lusts of Achav, had painted Zonos on the sides of his uh, chariot. And that's what it was. And thirdly, Zonos could mean weapons, weapons of war, etc., that they too were washed in the blood of Achav uh, at that pool in Shomer. And that fulfills the prophecy that the dogs would lick the blood of Achav as they lived in the same place that they licked the blood of Nabos. And Mephorshim are quick to point out it's not really the same place. Achav is in Shomron, Nabot died in Israel. But they point out they're very close together. Could be that it's downriver, Shomron from Israel, and the blood flowed there, so it was the same spot. Some say it was close enough, it didn't have to be the exact same spot. So Achav dies, prophecy is fulfilled. And the rest of the things which Achav did, which were praiseworthy. In other words, he built a house of ivory, total ivory. He built up the cities. He fortified the cities, the nation's commerce. You want the historical details. More amplification in Divri Hayomin. By Yashkev Achav in Avosav, by Yimloch Achaz Yahu Beno Tachtav, and in his place 
his son Ahazayahu. Yehoshaphat ben Asa, Yehoshaphat ben Asa, Malach al Yehuda, Bishnas Arba la Achav, Melech Yisrael, he was in the fourth year of the reign of Israel. Remember, Achav rules for 22 years. Yehoshaphat ben Shloshim Machamesh, he's 35 years. Bemalcho, Be'esrim Machamesh, Shana, Malach Yerushalayim, he reigns 25 years in Yerushalayim. Bishemi Mo, let's know, Azuva, uh, Let's pause a moment on Yehoshaphat. As we've said before, Tivri HaYomim often is considered just a replay of the events in Novi, specifically Shoftim and Malachim, but that's not true. Um, it has a completely different perspective, a completely different agenda, as we're going to see, and it also... Um, approaches thing in a different historical viewpoint. And so Yehoshaphat, reading Perik Chaf Beis, Yehoshaphat comes back a returning hero and will go down in history as really one of the great Malachim of Beis David. However, they have a different viewpoint, Divrei Hayamim. Let me just read two sentences in Divrei Hayamim uh, Beis, Perik Yotes, Ayashab Yehoshaphat, Melech Yehuda, El Beso, Bishalom, Yerushalayim. He comes back in peace from that war for Amot Gilad. However, Vayetse El Ponob Yehu Ben Hanani Hachose, greeting him is Yehu, who's a Navi, a seer, Vayomer El Hamelech Yehoshaphat, Halarasha Lazor, Lusone Hashem Tehohad. Are you going to help a Russia like Acha and a Sony Hashem, one who reviles the Kaddish Baruch Hu, you embrace? Uvazos Olecha Ketzef Militnei Hashem. For this, you will get the anger of Hashem. You do not get this in Perikhaf Beis, but apparently Yehoshaphat was in trouble for his embrace, notwithstanding the tight bond of family with uh, Acha. So now, he was like his father Asa, who was also a tzaddik. He didn't turn from what he did. He did exactly what was righteous in the eyes of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Ach, however, there's always an ach. The one thing he didn't do, says Pasuk Mandalit, habamos losaru. He did not get rid of those private bamos, which is we have learned time and time again. When there was a base hamikdash, you could not bring your mizbachim and your katoris and your olos on a private bama. Od mizbachim They are still offering um, offerings and ketores on those bummos. The Mephoshim make clear these are not bummos, chas v'shalom of Avodazara. That he had completely removed. These are legitimate bummos where people are bringing sacrifices where they should not be bringing them, but rather in the Beis Hamikdash. And the Mephoshim do offer extenuating circumstances and a logic to what he did, Yehoshaphat. In that, the theory was many people aren't getting to Yerushalayim. Many people don't make the trip or don't want to make the trip. Isn't it better that they sacrifice the Bamos 
and they sacrificed the korbanos on these misbeken, it could be in their backyard, on their rooftop, then that they don't go at all. And if they are deprived of this outlet of bringing korbanos uh, to the Kodesh Prophet, they are going to turn to other avenues of worship, not particularly limited to the temple and to the uh, bumos. So that is a justification. But nonetheless, the Novi points out it was a failing. By Yashlam Yehoshavot in Melech Yisrael, he is at peace uh, with Melech Yisrael. The Yeser Divrei Yehoshavot Uvorosav, again, you want more historical detail as to Yehoshavot and his great deeds, Asher Asa, Asher Nilcham, they are available in Sefer Dibri HaYamim with regards to the kings of Judea. And the HaKadosh, the abominations that may have survived from his father and previous, he removes Yehoshaphat, he eliminates them. This would seem like a non sequitur. Edom, which of course we associate with Esau, uh, there is no sovereignty over them. Rather, there is ruling by governors of um, Israel. This is going to, the only reason we speculate this is brought here, because it really is a non sequitur, is it's about to end soon, as we will see, Mir Hashem. So now, another non-sequitur. Yoshopat asa aniyos tarshish waleches ofira lezahav velo halach ki nishburu aniyos be'etzion gaber. Remember Shlomo and Hira Melech Tyre form a big, large, almost a monopoly of merchant marine ships that bring a great prosperity, in effect, make uh, B'nai Israel a naval power at that time. And what they do with Hiram controlling the Mediterranean, Shlomo controlling the straits below, um, etc., to the south near Arabia, they corner the market in spices and gold and horses. So now, apparently, Yoshafat enters into a partnership, it doesn't say it, but the unfortunately say it is a partnership with Ahav's son. And so they form it, but what happens, it never takes off, it never sets sail as it were. The boats are foundering, or something happens to them, whether they hit the rocks, they sink, they can't launch. Ozamar Achazyahu ben Achav, that Achazyahu is eager to revive it, El Yehoshaphat. Yelchu Avadayim Avadechol, let my servants go with you, Boniyo. Let us restart this merchant marine endeavor below Ova Yehoshaphat. And Yehoshaphat wants no part of it at this point and demurs. Vayashkev Yehoshaphat imavoso, Yehoshaphat now rests with his fathers, Vayikaveir imavoso, Be'ir David Aviv, Vayimloch Yehoram b'no tachtav, and in his place Yehoram his son. Achazyeh ben Achav molach ha'yisrael b'shoam b'shna sheva esrim liyoshaphat, melech Yehuda, Vayimloch ha'yisrael shnatayim. We are back to those two-year reigns of Malchai Yisrael that he will rule and not well. 
Vayas hara b'nei Hashem, he does evil, achaz yahu, vayelech b'derech aviv, he follows the way of his father, uv'derech imo, his mother Izebel, uv'derech, they have to always go back to Yerubim ben Nevat, asher hechtiyas Yisrael, who led Yisrael into Chet. Vayohonis ha'bal, he worships the Baal, vayishtach ha'belo, vayichas es Hashem elokei Yisrael, he angers the Kaddish Baruch Hu, v'chol asher ha'selav, he has returned the nation absolutely to the worst days of his father and Yeruvim bin Nebat. And just as you think things could not possibly get worse, tomorrow, 8.45 a.m. Adkan. Really?